0: The Big Light presents.
1: Hello, I'm Sean MacDonald, and you're listening to Blethered on the Big Light Network. My guest is MSP for Central Scotland, Jillian Mackay. Gillian recently launched a private member's bill to implement buffer zones outside hospitals and clinics across Scotland to protect women from harassment from anti-abortion protesters as they seek to access health services. Gillian and I discussed the reasons for this proposal and the legislative process required to establish it as law in Scotland. We talk about the US Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade and how to prevent going in a similar direction here in Scotland. And Jillian talks about experience as a young female MSP and what it's like behind closed doors in the Scottish Parliament. And as always, there's plenty more. This episode is brought to you by Debt Experts Don't Fret About Debt. If you're struggling with debt and you would like a free chat with an impartial advisor to discuss your options or to see how you can lower your monthly repayments towards debt, then visit don'tfretaboutdebt.net forward slash You can also listen to my episode with Don't Fret About Debt Senior Debt Advisor Tommy Gallagher, where we discuss taking back control of your debt and the various solutions available. Don't Fret About Debt offer all statutory debt solutions in Scotland helping you to make an informed choice. So take the first step to dealing with your debt today. Free advice is also available from the Money Advice Service. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it. Cheers. Gillian you've got the distinction of being the first ever Greens MSP for Central Scotland is that correct? Yes And also you hold the title of being the Scottish Government the Scottish Parliament's biggest Star Wars fan live long and prosper (laughs) 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 Yeah Hold on you you didn't take you didn't snap at the bait there is that no Star Trek?
0: It is I was
1: hoping to piss you off I was hoping you were going to come right back at me there but you just kind of like a true politician you just kind of sidestepped it
0: No like there's so many people when I say what I do in my spare time are that are like, "I've never seen Star Wars," and I'm like, "That's fine. everybody's geekery is everybody's geekery, uh, and whether that is is football, it's Star Wars, it's Marvel, it's something else, then if it's politics as some of <laughs> being in our world, politics is definitely some people's hobby and their job um but everybody's geekery is everybody's geekery, and I think being tolerant of that is good.
1: Yeah, absolutely. How, Where does the Star Wars fascination come from? Is it just from birth? Is it handed down? You know, like sometimes mm-hmm. your mum and dad are into something and you kind of inherit it. What's the story there?
0: So we did, I remember watching the Star Wars VHSs when we were we, but a lot of it actually came out of um, helping through some charity work. So um, through one of my friends that I used to work with at my student job, I helped out with um capital sci-fi convention which is still happens is happening at the end of july um helping out with the sort of organizational side mm-hmm. of that so it raises money for children's hospice association and through that met the lot in both the rebel legion and the 501st so the good guys and the bad guys um and was trusted a couple of times with someone else's costume and then just sort of kind of got a bit of the bug from there mm-hmm. it's how i met my other half um, and now we trek about where we bunch of dafties all over the country at the weekend, dressing up as Star Wars characters and interacting with both big and wee kids, and raising lots of money for charity.
1: That uh, honestly sounds absolutely amazing. The um, with would so was what age were you when you started that? Because you said your student job, so would that have been.
0: So I was probably. 1920 sort of thing but we had we'd always watch star wars when we, were we i mean when i was we watched them in the house before the originals in the house before the phantom menace came out because mm-hmm. phantom menace was sort of late 90s early the sort of uh the pre the sequel trilogy was early mm-hmm. late 90s early 2000s so i was sort of between 8 and 12 when they all when they all came out so mm-hmm. they were I mean, I love them. That's Aye. not a popular opinion. No. <laughs> but I love, they were my Star Wars films, very much like the most recent trilogy for yeah. for We ones now. That's their trilogy. Um, So it's... So yeah. a wee
1: bit like music, is it? Like when Westlife cover a song or they covered ABBA and everybody's raging. I remember getting people raging at me being like, no, it was ABBA or whoever it was. And I'm like, fuck off, man. I just like the Westlife one. Yeah. Or us out at the time that you were kind of growing up?
0: My mum was a primary music teacher, so she was she was always the one that was like, You did know so-and-so did it first.
1: Aye. That wasn't the atomic kitten that sang Eternal Flame, it was the Bangles. and you're like, Well, technically they both sang it, so just like yeah. leave it out. Um growing up, where where did you go to school?
0: So I went to school in Grangemouth. Um right. went to Murray primary school and then Grangemouth High School. So
1: Did you have like a sort of political leaning or were politically engaged or was it something that came later in life?
0: No it came later so I very much accidentally ended up in politics this wasn't what I wanted to do I wanted to be a teacher from when I was very very little and probably mostly because my mum was a teacher my Mm. aunt still is a teacher Um, but my mammy told me to go and get uh, a subject behind me so that if 10 years into my teaching career I didn't want to teach anymore mm. I had something else to go and do um so I listened to her went and did biological sciences at Heriot Watt and then did my master's in marine biotechnology and biodiversity Um, and my project was comparing attitudes to marine protected areas between mm. the central belt where the legislation's made and the western isles where there are marine protected areas and they have mm-hmm. to deal with the The ramifications of what the practicalities of the legislation are and I have a I have a hearing related disability so I've got many hours disease and I applied for the Inclusion Scotland internships which were access to disabled access to elected office for disabled graduates at the time Um, and was placed with the Greens back in session four and I've sort of Never climbed out of the party since
1: <laughs> they've just like nailed you to the floor and that's that. So that you yeah, can't escape. I've
0: been co-convenor of Scottish Young Greens. I've been co-convenor of the branch in Falkirk. I've mm-hmm. been a, a candidate to the European Young Green Executive Committee and and all those sorts of things, and stood at every level of of election for the party as well since between twenty seventeen and twenty twenty one.
1: So, so you've you've got like a real wealth of experience you know like sometimes people look at a, a younger politician and probably then would assume rightly or wrongly they're inexperienced they're put there as to appeal to a younger voter do you ever encounter that type of attitude
0: oh absolutely my favorite twitter comment this week <laughs> so ross experiences this ross greer experiences this For, quite former former a lot well. yes well. absolutely my uh so ross and i very much are the young team within the, <laughs> within the MSP group and uh i think we were the youngest um party pairing of a contribution to any debate earlier this mm-hmm. session uh but my favorite Twitter trolling comment this week was basically that I didn't know what I was doing away and find we Ross and play on the swings. <laughs> now what the you know,
1: this, we prefer the roundabout anyway, that <laughs> kid.
0: Whoever this was doesn't realise that one that would have fundamentally made Ross and I's Thursday better, and two <laughs> and two given swings need enough. That is absolutely something we would do. I think Ross's biggest. um objection to that was he's six foot one he's no wee,
1: he's <laughs> taller than him.
0: I am so like
1: Buddy the Elf playing in a swing <laughs> park or something yeah.
0: so it's it's there's some things that you you laugh off like that yeah. that are just so ridiculous and you're like you're just screaming into the ether and yeah the number of times that you get told oh you look about 12 I'm 31 in August I'm mm. actually of the the younger cohort in Parliament I'm actually one of the older ones I get kicked out of the young greens in August and like I'm hanging on by my fingernails someone's going to have to take a hammer and just be like go with dignity and I'm like no
1: that's like a that's like a sort of government equivalent I keep saying government but parliament equivalent of when you go through the self-scanner you're buying booze and you're like waiting for them to ask you for ID and they just tick, they just click do not challenge and you're like, oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: picture on my Parliament badge actually still has me like pre-pandemic when I had a fringe. Um And one of our colleagues at Parliament this week was like, "Oh, you look so young in that photo," and I'm like, "It's only three years ago. I'm cutting the fucking fringe
1: back in. <laughs> <laughs> Get it back." What uh, if, by the way, I t- will oh, we'll talk about um sort of the online landscape and how difficult it is because now everybody's got access to you if it makes you feel any better now obviously this is an audio podcast but as you're looking at me it's fair to say I'm fairly olive skinned or sallow skinned the best one I ever got was you're nothing but a terracotta attention seeker <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I read it and I was like listen, terracotta, okay, I'll give you that but I am not an attention seeker, <laughs> alright um, how, did, did did that ever put you off? Because it has actually, even though social media has been, you know, it's inextricably linked mm-hmm. to, to to everyday life, it permeates mm-hmm. every corner of society. But it, I feel like it's only in the last few years, and I don't know, maybe in the last five, let's say, mm-hmm. because the political landscape has become so volatile and aggressive um, and irrational mm-hmm. that people lash out a lot more. Can you remember... like a sort of I don't know if it was like a defining point or has it just always been quite a nasty place in your experience
0: I think it depends on who you who you try to engage with Hmm. I think definitely over the period of last session with the Brexit referendum and all those sorts of things to a certain extent the Indy Ref in 2014 has polarized people but then I think sort of things certainly over the last session of of Holyrood you could see sort of attitudes online deteriorating and people really staunchly holding on to their their bits of things and no criticism shall there be. Yeah. And we've sort of now got to that that place where it's easier to fling insults than try and find compromise. Mm-hmm. And I think that's symptomatic of... I think where we've got to this, part, this session of Parliament is sort of maybe symptomatic of the fact that nobody really knows each other either. We've had... COVID, we've had a very odd start to a parliamentary session yeah, where we uh. were apart an awful lot. And really, even to this point, I mean, I spoke to to one of our colleagues for the first time yesterday in the break room at the back of the, the chamber when we got five minutes to go and throw a twirl down our throats. <laughs> um and that's I think one of the big things. Unless you're in the same portfolio as as people or in the same region, you're just not coming across each other. So there's some people that have a very obvious chamber theatrical persona and people will sometimes take that on on face value and I think naturally everybody tries to be a wee bit more a wee bit more punchy and that sort of thing in the chamber but everybody's taking that as how everybody is yeah and it's it's not how everybody is actually see if everybody just sat sat down and spoke to each other I think they'd just be less terrible with each other
1: it's it's the it's the soundbite Generation that we live in, and the soundbite society, and everything's got to be done. I suppose that's why there are the theatrics and the sort of punchy lines and quotes and stuff. Who was I talking? It was Ross. So Ross Greer was telling me, I think during the ndrf build-up, that nicola Sturgeon and Ruth Davidson are going at each other, hammering tongs, maybe at the same thing. But then when the cameras are off, they're sitting down and sharing a bag of sweets. Mm-hmm. That that is one. In one hand, you're like, that's good because. Mm-hmm. Politics is compromise, in it. That's the only way you're ever going to get anything achieved. And I actually think compromise for the most part is the best way to to obviously reach a middle ground and and where you have everybody sort of happy. That's a positive thing. But on the other hand, you're like, well, you two are so diametrically opposed. Yeah. You can be and both of these women might not like this, but this is how I see it you can be pretty vicious towards each other. Obviously, Ruth is no longer there. Mm. And it, it's it's really hard to kind of get the head around like the the are that. I mean, you can tell me what you think, and then yeah. I've got a question for you.
0: I think some of what we've lost is actually being critical of each other's ideas rather than being critical of who each other are. Yeah, and I think that's a lot of the things that we've we've lost. Like. Um, Graham Simpson and I will probably fundamentally disagree on a lot of things, but we lost, um, we lost mum in December 2020, and a year on, he was having a, a members' business debate that Graham and I are in the same region. It related to the same thing. Ross stepped in and did it for me because I just wasn't feeling up to it. But the next day, Graham came down to see how I was. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. politically, we probably, in terms of parties, you probably couldn't get further apart within the the Hollywood political spectrum. Mm-hmm but there's just that little bit of humanity behind all of that that sometimes breaks down some of those barriers but actually if you can see you can totally disagree with where the person's got to and how they've got there and all those sorts of things but the sort of the personal insults that we've got to it's just boring in a lot of instances and i think that's that's probably where i think the discussion between particularly ruth and nicola i think maybe was different to where we've gotten to now
1: mm-hmm. I feel like now because I mean mostly emanating from from the House of Commons in Westminster and the current set in government is that you know everything they do is out of the populist playbook it's um you know even even somebody who's got the, not even the the remote or not even a remote interest in politics could tell you that and when you're playing for the populist play, handbook um which kind of for me goes hand in hand with fascist principles you're then appealing to people's almost pr- primitive emotions mm-hmm. and i think that that has this massive contributing factor to to the the way that people on both sides of the political divide engage with each other and i'm i'm susceptible to that i have been i've probably let my emotions and and anger kind of get the better of me at times and i just think how I'm how positive an influence it would be if the the political representatives whether in the Scottish government at Holyrood or the House of Commons if they were able to kind of display that human connection that people then watch because you know it's, it's getting people riled up in it sometimes it's like Jerry Springer nice. or like Jerry McHale or something and you're like the, you're totally riling the audience and the they have to play up to it and I get it and not to quote this guy because I absolutely detest him with every fibre of my being but Jacob Rees-Mogg said that as well he's like it's got to have a bit of verve and say what he said I fucking hate that guy so much but he was he made the point and while I despise him I was like I i, I kind of get what he's I get his point to a degree um, do you think we could can we ever I'm not asking you to pure solve these <laughs> <laughs> these um constitutional issues are in it and we can never get to that point where we kind of go full circle and and kind of go back to where we started a, a good example right do you listen to the rest is politics podcast i've
0: heard it a couple rory of rory stewart and
1: alistair campbell absolutely so right. worth a listen but rory stewart was saying that he would sit talking to like john McDonnell and stuff obviously labour front bench mp and they would sit and work together and I can't remember, they shared a bag of sweets and stuff. And you're like, I know Rory Stewart is probably more centrist. He's hardly far right in it. But you think, in my head, I'm like, it's like a school disco. But you've got the Tories at one end and you've got Labour kind of sitting at the other. But it's not always like that. What's what? What's it like in the Scottish Parliament?
0: So often I compare Hollywood <coughs> to a high school. It's like, who's not talking to who this week? Who's playing nicely with who this yeah. week? And actually there's i think there's again it's because of covid and stuff there's a lot of folk who will have heard what each other are like from members of their own party that like there'll be some there'll be some of labor i get on with because i like who they are the tories like graham simpson perfect example i will fundamentally disagree with graham but he was a genuine human and really nice to yeah. me. There's others within the Tories that I'm sure I would get on with as well, but some of them will have a view of me from what others have told them, same with some of Labour and stuff like that. And there's there's that level that we really do all need to be able to get to know each other mm-hmm. um, and not maybe listen to each other's, each other's opinions of other people before we've made judgments for ourselves. Yeah. I hope we can get back to some form of actually informed views of each other and some some ability to have some of that cross-party work. Because in the cross-party groups alone, that's really useful for advancing issues. A lot of um, stakeholders and things want us to be able to work together in those cross-party groups to be able to advance issues or listen to issues and then take them forward wherever else. And it's a fundamental part of how of how Hollywood works mm-hmm. um, I think there is a wee bit of there are sort of wee groups of who will speak to who develop I It's human nature isn't it
1: yeah it I happens was... in not that I genuinely don't but it happens in Love Island Villa and it happens in <laughs> it happens in the House of Commons in the Scottish yeah. Parliament as well I genuinely everybody's rolling their eyes like you fucking do watch it I'm telling you <laughs> I don't so I keep knocking back my applications, and now I'm
0: <laughs> No, I was sitting watching it when we came. We got a five minute break. Yes, yes. You actually yesterday, watch yesterday Love Island? Eh? No. Oh, right. oh hell no. Shut um, No, no, no. Can't. Uh, I don't have time. Yeah. I was too busy watching. We've had a really late couple of nights this week, so my darling other half was like, "Can we watch Kenobi now? There's spoilers online." <laughs> so.
1: It's oh, like, is so a new Star Wars thing? Out?
0: Yeah, it's really good. All oh, right, it's got you and McGregor in it. I'm sold. oh, has it? Eh? I'm sold
1: you yeah, could like, put you yeah. and
0: mcgregor in anything i, I probably you could put you mcgregor in love island and i might give it a go so
1: you could put you and mcgregor <laughs> leader the tory party and i'd consider giving them my vote <laughs> to be honest
0: <laughs> no i think he's better than that yeah I think um so. but but yeah there's there's interest you you watch and i i really enjoy people watching that's one yeah. of the reasons i i really enjoy my job is people and stories and helping to be part of people's stories to either solve them or help and that sort of thing. So sitting sort of people watching, especially when there's almost structured socialisation. So at receptions and... At points where we all get a break in legislation together and everybody files in to get a sandwich and stuff. And you just sit and watch who's sitting, speaking to who and things. And it's really interesting and in, in where sort of clumps of people are forming and, and all that sort of thing. It's, fa- it's absolutely fascinating.
1: This, I mean, I have to ask about the top dog because I've asked Ross this, right? Because I was <laughs> saying like, what I find funny is like the juxtaposition of people and scenarios. Yeah. So like I was in... Pals with Paul Sweeney, yeah. with MSP. Uh, but when he was MP, I went, the night they prorogued Parliament actually, I was there, like, witnessed history. It was amazing. And we had something to eat in this stranger's bar or restaurant, or whatever you call it. And uh, I'm sure that's what it was we're in. Anyway, like that Michael Fabricant was sitting with his mad wig. <laughs> and like Theresa May was sitting eating a bowl of soup and stuff. And you're like, it's so weird to see. I <laughs>
0: can't quite look away. Aye.
1: <laughs> so I was sitting to Ross, was like, what happens if you see Nicola Sturgeon getting a Tesco meal deal? Because she will. Like, I'm sure there's a Tesco somewhere on the Royal Mail. There's, like, there is. A sh- Hollywood eye. Road. And I'm like, how funny is that? And like, what does she buy? I, like, imagine you saw Nicola Sturgeon eating a Kat and like having one of those wee clicks machine coffees yeah. or something. You're like, <laughs> this is really, like, this is strange. Like, what's she like kind of cutting about?
0: So, obviously, like a lot of us don't see an awful lot of her. She's away doing an awful lot of stuff. But yeah. the couple of times that I've, Actually, had a chance to to speak to her and things. One of them was the opening of Parliament. Um, she spent an awful long time going round everybody. So we all got a, a local champion each to be mm-hmm. able to bring in as part of the official opening. And I had uh, Peter Kriken, um
1: former blathered guest. <laughs> yes,
0: Peter's great. Um, so oh, aye, Kriken. he's set your way. Yeah, right. Aye, uh, Peter was uh was my guest, and he had one of the Barons with him and i was like oh first minister can i peter i think was gonna have to go and i was like oh, first minister really sorry can i grab you to speak to peter before he has to go and she was like oh yeah, yeah of course you know you're re- you're doing really well so, and i was like oh, okay thanks and that was just it was like that was a wee bit it was completely out of nowhere yeah. completely unsolicited and just i was just like oh cheers
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is
0: which is really nice and that was and that was it she went on with with doing the next thing and uh yeah other than that we don't get i'll see her on monday um but we don't oh, yeah. get really to see an awful lot of our uh other than other than that so but that was that was really nice because that was quite early on um in the session and as a as a newbie from a small party who's yeah. really just just a wee bam from grangemouth really that was actually i was, was gonna nice. say i didn't know
1: what to say it so i'm glad i'm glad you've <laughs> kind of found people are listening like she's gonna see nicole monday she coming around to watch star wars or something we'll talk about we'll talk about why you're gonna <laughs> you see her we, that, we yeah. will get there um and i always think that's dead funny like because I know I said about eating a cat or eating like pickled onion monster munch or something and you're like she is just a human because that's right. another thing I was saying would be funny like imagine you went to the van and she was in the queue aye like for a tub and she will and then also you like try to picture where she lives I know where she lives you can't say aye but I found out and then I saw because I know somebody that stays in the street actually And mm. I was like that is fucking mental like imagine she was your next one <laughs> <or> neighbour. <laughs> aye you know, she did a thing I remember seeing a thing as well so I hosted the, hosted the online highlights of the SNP party conference mm-hmm. in 2020 so I tell you introduce her on a link and she's just in her conservatory and I'm like how funny is it she's yeah. got a CR Smith conservatory Some of these companies, <laughs> just because she's a leader of the country Everybody, all these people in the world know her but she'll probably go to the van for a tub and a 50p mix up <laughs> um, right we'll talk about we've got the summit coming up Monday yep. I'll allow you to kind of take mm-hmm. the reins to explain what the bill is where it's come about and then we'll kind of, we'll, I'll have some questions and maybe points I'd like to make and see what you think about the situation in general. But yeah. uh, the, the floor is yours.
0: So I'm introducing a bill to bring in buffer zones around healthcare settings that, apply, that provide uh, abortion services. We've seen um, protests around mainly Chalmers, the Queen Elizabeth. Um, Sandyford more recently in a real escalation in the in the tactics, particularly at Sandyford with body cams and amplification and all those sorts of things. So really what the bill seeks to do is to allow people to access these healthcare facilities without mm-hmm. intimidation or harassment, which they're not um being able to do. At the moment, um the healthcare's a fundamental right. So people should be able to access it without without intimidation and harassment yeah. and what they're facing what they're facing at the moment. So the First Minister's hosting a summit on Monday, partly to to see where we're going in terms of the legislation, but also to to attempt to agree some interim solutions so that in the meantime, legislation takes a while to pass, um, that we can make the situation better for people. Um, so there's not constant fear of what people are going to face when yeah. they go for for healthcare.
1: Will it become like will people be liable for prosecution? Let's see these buffer zones are introduced if they breach those um what would you call that like what's the word I'm looking for not jurisdiction mm-hmm. breach that breach that line anyway yeah. would are you seeking to make that punishable by law or Because it or how how would that go about if you breach it
0: so there's this is partly what the consultation's about because there's lots of mechanisms and lots yeah. of different ways across the world to be able to do that. And at what level you decide that is that is punishable as well. Ultimately, what we need to do is make sure that people are at least uh, told they can't be within this safe boundary. People are entitled to, to a safe space. Um, at the moment, people, if they cause fear and alarm, are punishable. Yeah. Um so it's it's making sure that there is there's really clear um legislation around it so that the, the police in particular know when these things have been breached and sometimes a geographical boundary is the way to do it.
1: Boundaries is what I was like.
0: Sometimes it's it's um there's other pieces of legislation like um particular protest legislation where you can uh, designate a particular place that people can protest yeah um either for safety reasons or or things like that so that people aren't on on roads or or stuff like that so there's lots of different ways to be able to do it that's partly what the consultation um mm-hmm. that's on the go at the moment closes on the 6th of august uh, is to try and get some thoughts on it so i'm working um i've met with Kozla a couple of times as well because it's it's about involving local authorities as well because yeah. no two hospital sites are the same. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the that's one of the joys of trying to make it a blanket minimum distance is that for some hospital sites, that'll put people way out in the main road. Mm-hmm. Um if it's from the hospital door. And again, that's another thing. Is it from the door of the hospital? Is it from the boundary of the hospital grounds? Which yeah. which do you pick? Because if it was um Fourth Valley is one of the hospitals, I know the best being from that part of the world, 150 metres from the front door of the Ford Valley would probably put you right on the outside boundary of the car park. So people are still having to drive past, they're having to come past people on buses. 150 metres from the boundary of the hospital site altogether would probably put you at the Chinese down the road, mm-hmm. um, which I don't think people would want to protest. No. Uh, but you never know. Um, But there's some hospital sites that even 150 metres from the boundary would still put people at the nearest bus stop. Yeah. So there's lots of there's lots of those sorts of things to try and work through as well. And that's where sort of uh working with COSLA and um be reaching out to individual health boards over the over the summer as well to get involved with them, with them too. have already had some contact with some of the clinicians from different places and they've been doing a brilliant job and in some cases have been making complaints with the police about protesters on behalf of their mm. their patients, which is a huge undertaking yeah. for them and shouldn't be a position we're having to put them in either.
1: What is what is the are you aware of the police's um, level of authority like to deal with that at this moment in time the way the law stands?
0: So there's problems with the, um, the ECHR rights, human rights European Convention of Human Rights that People are allowed to protest.
1: Yeah,
0: we're not trying to stop protests. We're actually tr- we're trying to move it to a more appropriate place where it's not impinging on other people's rights to healthcare. Yeah, um, that's why I'm really pleased, and I've said it over again as well that the first minister stood up in the chamber and said, "Come and come and protest us at Holyrood." That's what we're there for. We're the ones that can change the law, not the yep. people who are going to access these services. So if you don't like the law, come and tell us. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah, it's not about restricting restricting protests and things. It's about and the police, I think, at the moment are are concerned about where that where that line falls. Um and sometimes it's about when fear and alarm is caused. And there's sometimes a couple of times at Sandyford and things there's been there's been counter protests and stuff like that as well. And then the police don't want to get involved in the fact there's a protest and a counter protest and it all starts getting all starts getting a bit um bit troublesome for them so actually i I really hope that one of the outcomes from the summit is that we can absolutely get down these are the times when you can report what is happening yeah and these are the grounds you report them under because it's about empowering the people that are that i'm not expecting everybody who's going into these services to Want to put themselves in that position, or that they should have to put themselves in that position where they're having to report things to the police. Um, but I really hope that we can get to that point where the police will go, This is our expectation of how things will be, re- of what we need you to report, how what, um, whether it's causing fear and alarm and all those sorts of things under uh, breach the peace side of things. Those are the grounds you can report them under. This is how you do it, all those sorts of things. And that's empowering um, people who may witness these protests and want to report it to know that they have a way to go, I call this, it's causing fear, um, it's causing fear and alarm, all that sort of thing. And uh, and yeah, go from there.
1: Uh, literally just been handed some breaking news mm-hmm. by your PR guru, Derek Ooh. here, right? Sky News, right to abortion overturned by US Supreme Court oh. after after nearly 50 years in the Roe versus Wade ruling. Thanks for handing me that. That is utterly, utterly fucking horrendous. Before we kind of talk about that, that being overturned in America and has been set back about 50 years, but you've, you've been set back hundreds of years, really, in terms of um social progression. The way... I see those protesters, so I've seen videos at Sandyford and stuff, Mm -hmm. and I find them to be tyrannical. Mm -hmm. And one of the definitions of tyranny is the removal of all nuance. And they will remove nuance and say, no, I've got a right to protest. To that, as as an observer, just somebody who is just a member of the public, um, you don't have the right to protest to the detriment of, of others, whether it's compromising their safety even compromising their dignity, like some of the videos I've seen. Now, I saw a video, um, I saw a thing on Instagram, and it said, uh, this person is is endorsing rape, or basically excusing rape. And I looked at it and I went, yeah, well, that's that tagline's been embellished, that's been slightly distorted, but I'll watch it. And not an actual fact, that's what the guy was <laughs> saying. And it was I was looking at it going, ha, has he been misrepresented? I watched the whole thing. And that's what he's saying. Now, these people that that are doing the that are protesting there, I don't really care if this upsets anybody. These people are not playing deck. They're not playing Mythfield deck of cards or a card. so few whatever metaphor you want to use, a few sandwiches, short of a picnic, and you can kind of see it in their eyes, but it, I don't think it excuses. And some of them I think are playing Mythol deck and they know exactly what they're doing. There's a real sinister edge to it. I think regardless of your religious viewpoint, any social, political perspective that you've gotten, something you do not have the right to dictate to anybody what they do when it's within the boundaries of the law. That now the the news we've just had there about that being overturned—that fuck me, that's horrendous. um yeah. The God, I'm just kind of trying to make sense of my thoughts here and some of the questions I've got. I mean, for the police, it's a tough one. You see mm-hmm. people, you see people kind of getting angry at the police, and you're like, they can only. They have to operate within the law and within the guidelines. It's not. I'm sure a lot of them will be repulsed, but they can't overrule the law that they're essentially there to to enforce or protect or to to ensure that people operate within it. Um, how? God, I was going to ask how people can support you. Well, first of all, other than being a decent human being, what what has Inspired, what has motivated you to be so fundamentally involved in and in sort of in bringing these buffer zones about?
0: I think a part of it comes from being our health spokesperson. Yeah. Like we constantly go on about how to improve people's health care and things. And this is. What these people are trying to do is to try and prevent people being able to access healthcare that we're trying to make better in the first place. I mean,
1: there's people going in who are not even there for an abortion and, and, oh, or for any advice, and, and they're also being harassed. One, well. of,
0: one of the things that absolutely broke my heart was the fact that the team at Sandyford had to move, I think, one of the rape counselling clinics from the front of the building because they could hear the amplified noise out the front. Some of the clinicians that Queen Elizabeth have said, I think it's the neonatal unit that's quite near the front of the hospital as well, um, that's quite near the front entrance, yeah. and again, there's noise that can get up to the neonatal unit with very sick babies, mm-hmm. um, from these protesters as well. It's just so awful. It's, it's the wider impact for for um health services as well and people going for for blood tests the um my body back program at sandyford for um people who've been a sexually assaulted or raped or things and are needing to go for a cervical smear there's a there's a whole program about how they are empowered and uh, encouraged and helped to be able to go for preventative health care for to detect cancer yeah and there were people really frightened to go for those things because it's men outside the building shouting and ranting and raving about their bodily autonomy, which is all which for some of them has already been taken away yeah, from them because yeah. of what they've experienced.
1: Well, I mean, there there is no there is no I, I can't see any justification in any religious text that would allow you to dictate to any woman what they do with their body. Um, we have come far too far for that i feel like remember I to explain this to the listener so i was talking about the podcast um unreal mm-hmm. charting the rea- the rise and uh sort of progression of reality tv and i just listened to the only way is essex one and they basically explore misogyny and yep. and and culture and it kind of got me thinking so they're talking about it's all the usual sort of cliches and tropes. If a guy's getting all these women, he's a, he's a legend, he's a king and all that. But if it's the women, they play clips to kind of make their point and it's like, the girls are slag and this and that and it's the way where there's ownership. So you talk, I actually watched one last night, right, okay, I've made this confession before but I'll make it again. I watch the only ways it's <laughs> sometimes when my brain has gone mental and I've got it skyplussed and I just like watching it. All right, there you go, shoot me. But I was watching it right and last night And there was a fight, because this guy's like, uh, my fucking bird getting... Oh, no, the accent. (laughs) Uh, He's like, my fucking bird getting pictures with geezers. That's my fucking bird. And I was watching it being like, mate, you need to calm the fuck down. She can get a picture wherever she wants. Don't see that as being an issue. But it's going on and on and on. And basically it's ownership Mm -hmm. of women. And that's in a very small scale, in a way that's kind of... Sort of below the surface, it's sort of insidious. It's just small, wee attitude things. But that whole thing on the other end of the spectrum is standing outside a sexual health clinic or like along those lines and telling a woman what she can and can't do. It's like, mate, it's absolutely. Before we get into legality and morality and stuff, pure and simple, it's fuck all to do with you. Yeah. And I think we should aggressively push back against it, it's something that I think needs public support, it can't just be quote unquote to use tabloid language, lawmakers and politicians, it has to be everybody railing back and pushing back against it you either believe in democracy you don't, and I think one of the linchpins of democracy is the right to to do as you please within the boundaries of the law.
0: Yeah, and one of the things that's that a lot of folks say to me, well they're they're not protesting outside vasectomy clinics. Yeah, because I know they're protesting outside abortion clinics. I
1: know. I so it's know.
0: there's huge misogynistic. It's not even undertones. It's quite explicit oh, yeah. what they're doing. Um, so it's yeah, it's just horrendous and just with the Roe versus Wade stuff coming out, um, just sending enormous solidarity to everybody in the US. Um, I can't imagine what it's going to be like in some of those states where you literally do not have your own bodily autonomy, yeah. and I think that's one of the reasons why it's not good enough to stand still here in Scotland. Completely. That's why we do have to keep making progress, and that's why buffer zones, telemedical abortion, late stage abortions, and all that late and all that sort of thing is is why we still need to keep making progress. And I think off the back of Roe versus Wade coming out today actually adds extra poignancy to the the First Minister chairing this summit on Monday to make sure that we are still making that progress.
1: Do you think she's in, I'm assuming she is, in complete support of what you're trying to achieve?
0: So naturally, the Scottish Government need to wait and see what legislation comes forward because yeah. I, could, I could be a total bam and write something in that, they would never agree with and if they've agreed to <laughs> yeah. to to the legislation i'm no wee bam i don't
1: sometimes, know about that sometimes juries sometimes
0: none, on, <laughs> on the legislative front i'm a bit picky with that um <laughs> good but
1: puts my mind is
0: uh but i there's not going to be any curveballs in there it's going to be a bit of a on seal job it's going to do what it says in the tin Ron um, Seal, hi. Hey, you're going
1: to give me a complex, by the <laughs> way.
0: <laughs> Not, no, I'm a living <laughs> porridge. Um, I'm almost see-through. Uh, but, no, it's... The Scottish Government have rightly got to be, we'll wait and see the legislation, yeah. wait to see what it says and all that sort of thing. But the First Minister has sort of put her cards on the table in in the chamber and said that in terms of the idea of buffer zones and uh, the, the support for people who are accessing these services, she's been pretty unequivocal in the yeah. chamber.
1: I don't think, I mean, I, I very often will preempt what some negative reactions can be to certain mm-hmm. conversations or things I'm talking about. And I would, I would hope that nobody would willingly misrepresent what we are saying as going. Oh, I got a warm, fuzzy feeling when I think about abortion. By the way, and it's like absolutely not. You always have to kind of preempt those things. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody finds it a particularly pleasant subject or practice or anything. But it's nothing to do with me, and it's nothing to do with me what you do, and it's nothing to do with you what the woman next door does. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you're all everybody's welcome to. To express their opinions but I think when you see that I think it would help if there was I don't know if there was proper um sort of widespread news coverage of just exactly what people are going through because again the removal the removal of nuances that sort of ter- tyrannical angle because people say oh, well they're allowed to protest I'm like yeah but it's the nature of your protest mm-hmm. and I can protest something but if I'm screaming in somebody's face I I'm kind of getting the wrong end of the stick. My facts are all over the place and I know nothing about their mm-hmm. individual circumstance. Chances are I'll probably get lifted. Um and that kind of leads me onto counter protests. Counter-protests actually right now for this can be counterproductive, can't they?
0: I think uh, there's competing views on this, and I see I see both sides. There's mm. there's the level of, well, they're here protesting our rights, so why can we not protest the fact that they're here to protest our rights. Yeah. Totally. I get the sort of
1: want to show solidarity. I, I completely get that.
0: Absolutely. But we've heard it from Sandyford in particular. If there's a noisy counter protest, you can still hear it inside. Yeah. And for people inside, they don't know whether that's the protesters themselves. Yeah. Someone there in solidarity or whatever else, because the actual words probably won't carry inside, mm-hmm. especially when you're not amplified, which the counter protesters are not. Um that their words won't carry inside so it still causes the noise is what causes the the distress and things because people will automatically think oh those protesters are still outside i think what we need to do in support of the legislation is organize our own solidarity marches or whatever else i yeah. totally understand if, if someone is so enraged when they come out of their appointment and really want to go and confront these guys i am never going to stop someone from wanting to voice their opinion straight to the people that are making them feel uncomfortable oh, yeah. but i think we have to be we have to be careful about organized counter-protests and there's a really strong difference between organized counter-protests and people going and chaperoning people to services if they feel if people feel particularly vulnerable and things like that and that point where people just go no you know what i've got to go and say something yeah absolutely behind people who really feel that they just need to go and voice their opinion to these folk but we do need to be mindful of the collective impact yeah that that is having on folk who are very sensible
1: there are there are some people who say that the thing that these um, aggressive protesters need most is to have one stuck right in their chin, multiple stuck right in their chin not me, do not condone violence I don't think that's the answer just saying there are a lot of people who, who are of that view, you can make of that what you will, um, but going through the democratic legislative process is going to be far more effective um, in, in the long term so when you've got you've get the summit on Monday mm-hmm. Nicola Sturgeon is going to be there, the government that are involved, they are listening. How long can this type of thing take to go through?
0: So we are trying our best to bring this forward as quickly as possible. Legislation can take up to sort of a year to get through, and that's if if it goes smoothly. Members' bills can sometimes take a bit longer. Um, We've decided... So there's two ways you can do members' bills. You can either be supported by a team within the Parliament or you can go with outside support. We've decided to go with outside support just because there are so many members' bills happening mm-hmm. through the team in Parliament. The team in Parliament are amazing, fabulous, worth their weight in gold. Um, but we're being supported by both BPAS and Back Off Scotland um, to bring forward the legislation, which means that we can, we can hopefully not have to sit in the queue of, well, so-and-so's got their bit to do next and we can work at our own pace and hopefully bring things forward quite quickly. We're going to have a lot of consultation responses to get through. We hit 2,000 yesterday and I don't think, I think consultation's just about been up for a month. Um, So we're going to have a lot of responses to get through. There's a lot of redaction to do. I am going to owe my team many, many pints or coffees or (laughs) whatever their pleasure is at the end of this. Star Um,
1: Wars marathons.
0: Star Wars marathons. Some of them might not be that way inclined. (laughs) We'll see.
1: Um, But... uh, jillian's eyes narrowed there as she just reflected on how much she doesn't like those ones who aren't that way inclined that's <laughs> that's the way i took it anyway so i mean if for your for your um, political and professional future you better just pretend that you like it all right
0: no i was actually thinking one of my one of my staff team's other half is really big into star wars um so i might have to deal with the other half as well because <laughs> <laughs> i know what a strain this job does put on <laughs> on the uh Go political widows yeah. that are the other halves of both politicians and staff teams so <laughs> yeah we're we're trying our absolute hardest to bring this forward as quickly as we possibly can and um, there's a lot of legislation to go through both government and non-government um this session finding some time in the committee timetables because at stage two everything has to go through the committee and there's a stage one report on on bills as well shoehorning us in somewhere Mm -hmm. is going to be a bit of a problem um i really hope that there's a couple of political parties already who've sort of nailed the colors to the mast with um supporting this the lib dems have done that there's a good few members of labor that have done that i really hope that what we can find across the chamber is consensus on this so that we can show people that there is no home for this sort of Americanization yeah, of, of abortion rights within the elected Scottish political spectrum. Um, because I think that's one of the downfalls of the American political system is that there's, there's a home for these people that want to stop other... Clearly, there's a home for people who want to stop other people's bodily autonomy. Fuck and, off to
1: Alabama if you want to get involved in that. <laughs> it's kind of what I would say. You can't say that. You couldn't <laughs> possibly say that, but I can say that. So. And
0: that that's one of the strongest things I think we can do is show that level of there's no home
1: free Absolutely. here. We respect
0: other people's bodily autonomy, we want people to be able to access healthcare, and this is the Scottish Parliament's view. We know there's a couple that aren't gonna vote for it. We know. Um, but if they can be the outliers and not the main
1: Mm -hmm. Then I think
0: we've we've done a good job.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They will. uh, I don't think history will look kindly upon them. Um, If you know, for for people like me and others who would like to to show visible support for this, which matters every 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 citizen counts when it comes to this type of thing. How do we back you up? So
0: make sure you're following um, B Pass and Back Off Scotland on all social media platforms back off do some really good work with um with lived experience especially here in scotland and um, a lot of the the team behind back off themselves have witnessed protests having been for for abortions and things and are supporting other folk Um if you go to bufferzones.scot the consultation is on there go and fill it in make your views known um and make sure that you're just keeping an eye on everything that's going on on social media there is also a petition on um the scottish greens page as well which now has w- v- close to four thousand signatures on it i think which is which is amazing one of the yeah. biggest dangers we've got is an american group swooping in and trying to take over this um this consultation and try and make it out like it's not it's not well supported so yeah. although the last thing i want to do is spend my whole summer redacting consultation responses
1: I know. <laughs>
0: um i'd much rather redact thousands of supportive consultation responses than have it hijacked by by someone else so please make sure even if you've never had an abortion or anything like that just please go and make sure that your views are known that you support the bodily autonomy of others and that you support people who are going to access these services and make sure that they're protected and safe
1: i think that's a really important um point you make there but even if you've never had one I've never had one I think I'm probably unlikely to ever have Mm -hmm. one in the future Um, and in all seriousness it's um, I I feel I feel that when it's something like this even if you're likely to never be impacted by it it doesn't matter in fact it's all the more important that you do stand up because if you want to live in a fair and just society then sometimes you need to kind of stand up and be counted and you need to lend people Mm -hmm. their support whether it's, you know, I think with gay rights, uh, there's LGBTQ, sorry, I always get that wrong, plus rights and matters, never really going to affect me. But you're like, probably even all the more important then, that I kind of give them my support just because it doesn't affect you directly. It'll affect you in some way indirectly. Yeah. And it's important to, to show your support and vi- like actually take action. It's not enough to just sit here and pay lip service, go and do it, follow these groups, back them up, give them visible support. Because everything that it emboldens and, and sort of aids the cause, doesn't it?
0: Absolutely, it's somebody else's. It's somebody else's rights and somebody else's bodily autonomy at the moment. But if we next. keep eroding those rights, whose is it next? To right. Whereas if we keep extending those rights, and you've never got to worry that it's your rights, then standing up for somebody else's is is just as important because it's it's in terms of LGBT rights, it's sharing that. Privilege as a, as a white cis woman that I am to be able to go and help and lend support and voice to the cause in that sense. And even if you never have or never will need an abortion um, yourself, it's all the more important to go and support the bodily autonomy of of others. Because if you enjoy yours, other people would like to enjoy mm. theirs.
1: It remi- reminds me of that quote, you know, if, you've, if you don't have a great life, if you want a better life, vote for it. Mm-hmm. And if you have a great life, vote for a better one for others. And it's the same, if you've got a great life, good. And if you don't, go and fight so that others do as well. Because, um, yeah, and until we, we're living in a sort of fairer society, we've got a hell of a long way to go. Um, Just as we kind of round up, keen to hear your thoughts or your experiences on, because we're talking about misogyny and, and women in society and stuff. <sighs> What's your experience been like? sort of across the board and then specifically at times we we being in in the scottish parliament you know do you do you ever get a hard time
0: sometimes um
1: name them no
0: No, i'd better not do that (laughs) um no sometimes you get it is it's difficult being a disabled youngish because I have to caveat that now. Youngish yeah, women. No, um, I mean,
1: the young thing get is getting further down. and further away. No! Don't worry, I'm in the same boat.
0: See, anti wrinkle cream next. Um, it's actually in terms of being being disabled in particular, I'm, I worked for the party um, last session as a staffer. And I had a really good experience. The The team were really good at making sure we don't use meeting rooms that have too high ceilings because the sound disappears and everybody uses their microphones and all those sorts of things. But the number of times as an MSP, you've got to remind colleagues to go, can you put your microphone on? No, I'm loud. Not that loud. Um, I'm loud. I'll still use my microphone because you never know who's in through the loop system and all those sorts of things. And yeah. The chambers particularly uh one of those places where like people react to each other and that is perfectly fine but when folk are shouting things at the back of each other's heads eight and nine times
1: mm.
0: what are you wanting to achieve <laughs> like there's there was one colleague in particular who was shouting something at the back of the first minister's head seriously in all seriousness about eight or nine times and i was like i because she's gonna turn around and go you know what mate you're absolutely right, let me change my entire political mantra to suit you screaming at me yeah. and it's it's just like them having a tantrum in the chamber and there's there's a few of them that are like that are like that, and I've been accused of wanting to turn the chamber into a church and all those sorts of things and it's like no, oh, I just want to be able to participate on the on the behalf of my constituents and it's it's a basically like we're taught in primary school. You're
1: obstructing democracy if you are to sort of omit somebody from that process, because as you say, then those constituents aren't being represented.
0: No. You're also taught in primary school, like inside voice, you can keep your thoughts in until your it's your turn to speak. And I totally get that it's emotive and people will react and people will shout or it turns into panto sometimes. Do you ever but do you ever want to
1: stand up and just go like... <clears throat> fuck up and then just (laughs) sit down again does that that surely that comes into you
0: i have literally no poker face really so if i think you're being an arsehole it's going to be written right across my face oh so
1: you 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 don't (laughs) have because i always think See if if politicians did just i know it's written across her face if they just adopt i don't know like somebody's ranting for 10 minutes and then the person responds and just goes bye so's your ma and then just kind of sits down (laughs) there's
0: there's a political way of doing that um and
1: you'd gather a lot of support
0: sometimes it's the way they do it so if you watch some of the points of orders and things the the minister for parley biz and i get on like a house on fire um and he sometimes does it quite well that he just goes we've spoken about this previously and the member knows my views and just sits back down again Mm. and it's like
1: i still would like to hear more your (laughs) And, and fuck up mate like, <laughs> I know
0: I don't want to shot. have to I don't want to have to accompany any of our MS as our sort of chief whip in essence I don't want to have to deal with uh, the row that anybody gets for <laughs> for swinging in the chamber
1: well why say I don't know your mother's a your mother's a loser. you could say that because that's that's taking a of bottle borrow for um, the Lime show um, I, I would just like to see more street style Verbal combat, I, I know. think it'd be more entertaining. Just
0: there's a level that sometimes I just want to stand up and just go, God, I know, we've heard this three times this week. Just want to see. There's I'm an so absence done. of
1: square goes offered as well. I feel that <laughs> <someday>. <laughs>
0: there is an absence of square goes offered. There's sometimes folk can get quite heated coming out of the chamber, and there can be some quite robust discussions that happen. Can you like, imagine
1: Douglas Ross offering someday out, man. You're just like, right, okay, mate. Neighbor neighbor on a soft day. The fuck are you gonna do?
0: <laughs> I know. And it's uh, sometimes there's there's some really funny interactions just in the poshness of the way folks speak as well. I, I very much when I speak in the chamber, that Edinburgh <laughs> level uh, telephone voice comes out, but depending on who I'm speaking to and my darling staff team will tell tell you this as well in the in the office like every other word
1: is a swear word nice very malcolm tucker-esque then yeah
0: seeing your political group if you don't know who malcolm tucker is then it's probably you and i really do feel like sometimes (laughs) sometimes that is me it's just the level of why the fuck can people not do what i fucking say and it's yeah it's Good. And I, there's some stuff like that. There's some stuff like that that happens as people come out the chamber and there's not that level of like propriety and what's proper for the chamber and all those sorts of things. And there's no cameras or journals hanging about. Yeah. Folk will turn around to each other and go, What the fuck was that?
1: See, I, I like to see that. I like to see a bit of um, ordinary behaviour. It, it kind of breaks down the theatrics and the the sort of barrier that that sometimes is up there and I don't mean like that arsehole Boris Johnson like ruffling his hair and making himself look intentionally dishevelled I mean like people genuinely getting riled up or passionate because you're like aye good you're in there because sometimes you watch things and you're getting pissed off and shouting Mm. whether it's First Minister's questions or whatever and you you want to see a bit of that that passion it's funny you're saying about um, finds getting hated and stuff because i do imagine with the level of poshness it must be like hearing an argument at glasgow university union or outside or in more or something like you can't really fully take it seriously You're like right okay no bother barnaby i can't
0: i can't imagine what folk actually watching some of the interactions um is like because there's there's some of us that really don't like i am i'm one of the worst for putting my edinburgh telephone voice on for going into the chamber and all that sort of thing and i I really don't sound like that in real life right. um, so when we're talking chamber personas that's mine um but yeah when you come out and you hear everybody sitting speaking to each other even within the same political parties you're sitting there going where did you all find each other and that's that's why I'm very much like I am authentically just a wee bam from Grangemouth. Um, that's only made it a mile up the hill, um, but that's fine. We need that. We the do. Chamber.
1: Well, you need to be representative of of the the country and the constituencies that you're you're representing.
0: Hundred percent. That's
1: exactly. It. And we couldn't. I feel like we couldn't ask for a better bam to be <laughs> to be uh, pushing for for the change that you are. So, thanks very much for coming Thank in you. this this Friday afternoon. What are you up to now? What's What's the plans?
0: So I am going to one of the prides this weekend. Um, oh, we've got two, march, M- we've it? got two MSPs, and going to the one in Edinburgh and two going into Glasgow. So I am trying to decide which one I'm going to. Um, so that's that's the decision for this evening, and then I'm going to have to actually sit down and speak to my other half for a bit because I've barely seen him this week. Bless
1: his heart. That's a shame. <laughs> Do you know what's funny? But you saying so you're going to the pride march. Yeah. And it's it's designed to unify, to demonstrate support, but most importantly, unification across the board. And you've still managed to turn it divisive because you have between to choose Edinburgh, between Edinburgh and Glasgow. <laughs> Glasgow. So I would. I'm
0: from Falkirk. Like
1: you still need to choose which, one.
0: It's which half of Falkirk you come from, as to whether you're more Edinburgh or more Glasgow.
1: And which side are you? You're Edinburgh. Oh, I
0: see, my mum grew up in Portobello, so. <sighs> but I think I'm going to end up in Glasgow with with Ross. And, I have to get some glitter on Ross Greer
1: aye please do um, I love Edinburgh by the way for anybody who thinks I don't I do love it but Glasgow's just better sounder people Edinburgh's really nice to walk about in. I'm only joking I'm not trying to cause some massive divide <laughs> I here i a fight now <laughs> um, no so well, I hope you have a great weekend Thank for anybody you. listening who attended the Pride March hope you had a great time uh, and I suppose this will be us signing off and it is now time to go for me to go and see Dr Hook at the Kelvin Grove Bandstand don't you fucking worry uh, <laughs> i will enjoy i will have a great time now thanks again for sure, coming thank
0: you so much for having
1: me wish you all the best way of pushing forward and i'll be giving you all the support i can magic and thank you for listening and as always we'll be back with another episode of blethered soon cheers Leathered
0: was written, recorded and produced by Sean McDonald in association with The Big Light. Music and post-production by Brian McAlpine and for more information, go to thebiglight.com If you like this podcast, please check out all our other series including Talk Media, Natural Wonders, You Could Start a Fight in an Empty House, Talking Derry Girls, Brave Your Day, The Tartan Noir Show, Double Scotch, Great Scott, Trust Me I'm a Leader, Unearthed, A Sonic Hug and Old School. All on The Big Light, Scotland's podcast network. From The Big Light Studio.